are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with you with my good buddy, Rich Hill. This may be my favorite Pat podcast of the year because it's the first one where we get to actually break down a football game coming up as meaningless as that game may be it is still a football game so we are done guessing rich we are done speculating we are done well no we're not we're not even close to doing that but we're at least guessing <laughs> and speculating about a game that's actually going to happen i'm way more psyched than i should be for faux football in august but first off as always get the courtesies out of the way how are you man I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I am also ready for the preseason to start. I, I, th- I mean, honestly, I've, other than the draft, I love the whole team building process of the the season. You know, the games, they're always fun. But I, I, I take a lot of just bizarre pleasure in, like, the depth competitions. And I think that this has been a really good year for players down the depth chart to have good opportunities to make their case to be on the roster. There, It's not like there's 53 players that are just, like, guaranteed spots this year. I think, you know, maybe it is, like, the last spot on each position that's up in the air, but there's really good competitions across the board at that spot. There is. It's a massive one big cut down. They're doing that for a couple of years now and one less preseason game. So this year, every rep you get on the field really matters a lot more than it should in years past, especially for those kind of bubble guys. So uh, we got some really interesting stuff coming up. Patriots kick off against that vaunted Washington football team tomorrow night, I think at 7.30 p.m. on NFL Network, which is a nice thing. You're not going to have to scour the internet for some obscure feed. <laughs> I'm hoping that means we get Scott Zolak in the comment booth because that guy is perfect for preseason announcement and nothing else. But I'm psyched <laughs> about it, Rich. But before we get to that, Pages training camp is still underway. Had a much lighter day yesterday. They were in Gillette Stadium. Very little contact. I don't think Cam Newton even practiced. There's a lo- couple of little loose ends you tie up first regarding training camp and who's standing out, who's not, who's injured, who's not. And then we can start talking about this first preseason game. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think that there's been a lot going on in camp. There's been a few injuries that I think are important to call out. Uh, we saw that Dalton Keene and Raekwon McMillan were both put on the injured reserve. Uh, I feel really badly for Keene because this is, you know, he's been missing a lot of time over his first two years in the league, and it's very hard and, like, microscopic, the number of players that have turned that around into a, a lengthy NFL career. Uh, and then I feel badly for McMillan as well because he had been turning a lot of heads. He had been pushing for starting time next to Dante Hightower and Juwan Bentley. So uh, that'll be a loss for the Patriots' depth chart. There's also been a few other more minor injuries, according to uh, what we've seen. Hunter Henry dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, that is going to keep him day-to-day, but likely, according to all reports, hold him out to the season opener. You have David Andrews, Joe Cardona, the long snapper, and then Christian Barmore, who is not present. Uh, but those are the main absentees that we've had. Luckily, like those three you just mentioned, Andrews, Barmore, Henry, these are not serious. Andrews was a real scare because he said he was seen slamming his helmet on the ground in frustration after he was injured. I think he injured the same thumb he injured last time, and he was worried that missed extended time, but it seems like that's going to be just fine. Regardless, we're not going to see either of those guys or any of those guys in tomorrow's game, which is too bad because I was excited about Christian Barmore, seeing what he could do as, as, as a rookie, but there's plenty of time for that. Uh, Rich... As these last couple days of the first two weeks of training camp have come and gone, 
And we talked about the usual stuff, the QB competition, the standout receivers, the running back depth, the blah, 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 blah. Does anything new happen to you that you've noticed that you want to talk about before we get into the actual preseason game itself? Yeah, definitely. We mentioned this a little bit before the podcast, but there's a there's a fun little kicker competition going on. Uh, Quinn, Quinn Norton has been standing out, uh, you know, maybe keeping the Patriots' undrafted player streak alive. Uh, but Nick Folk hasn't been practicing, and so Norton, uh, you know, honestly, he's been taking advantage of everything. So on Friday, he was 10 for 10 on kicks. That was incredible. Uh, yesterday on Tuesday, he was perfect again, four for four, uh, including multiple 40 plus yarders. He's four. 14 for 14 uh, inside Gillette Stadium, and that's the type of you know you know production that the Patriots need from a kicker uh, in order to make the roster. I, I think that Folk, I, I wouldn't be too concerned just yet, but Norton should get some good live action against Washington, uh, and, and if he's able to hold his own there, I can definitely imagine the Patriots moving forward with the younger kicker. I can as well. You know, I don't know if Quinn Norton is going to be the next Goskowski or, or Adam Vinatieri, but I'm always I always find that kicker competition, which happens at a lot of training camps around the NFL. Usually, most teams bring in a camp kicker just to increase the competition or increase the intensity, whatever it is. And but uh, look, Nick Folk was arguably, for what it's worth, the MVP of the Patriots last season. And I think he's reliable. I think he's a good kicker. I know very little about Quinn Norton, but it's a great example of, of taking advantage of the reps you're given. So, so good for him. I'm sure we'll see a lot of him tomorrow night because there's a lot of kicking that goes on in preseason games because no one really cares about um, One thing that's actually been standing out to me, and we've talked about it a bit on past podcasts, Rich, is just the cornerback the depth. Uh, with Stephon Gilmore still unable to perform, he's on the pup list. J.C. Jackson's been the number one guy. He's been having a phenomenal training camp, so I'm really excited for him to be the number one corner if Gilmore does move on. I think he is suited to be a number one corner. Maybe not at Gilmore's level, but he, we're, we're in good hands with him. I think he'll be back, Stephon Gilmore, but you never know. But uh, the guy I want to talk about right now is uh, Michael Jackson. Yes. Um, he's been a phenomenal maybe front runner, depth guy. Uh, there's three roster locks. You've got Jalen Mills, you've got J.C. Jackson. Uh, and you've got Stephon Gilmore, obviously, but like Michael Jackson might be right in there um, with Joe Johnson, and and like that, that's a good, solid fourth, fifth cornerback. He broke up a pass on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, he's bringing the last three practices. He's had five pass breakups. Uh, I think he'd be a really solid number four corner. I'm not sure how many four cornerbacks they're going to use, but uh, I think, uh, in my personal opinion, the emergence of Michael Jackson with the obvious connections and jokes I can make. With the musician aside, um, here, come on, Bill Murray. Come on, Bill Murray. Make the I was going to say, uh, if you can't get Bill Murray, I hope you, yeah. I hope you get Michael Jackson. Yeah, but I, I do think this may very well, Jackson's emergence may very well uh, signal the beginning of the end for, for Joe John Williams. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I would be surprised just based off of the fact that Miles Bryant and uh, Michael Jackson Sr. have been outperforming Joe Juan Williams if Williams was not traded by the end of training camp. Uh, he just doesn't have a roster spot. Another cornerback to mention would be Jonathan Jones, who's ahead of all of them in the depth chart as well. Uh, I, I think that perhaps Mills might make more sense as that interior, like Logan Ryan-esque kind of uh, cornerback safety hybrid uh, that Logan Ryan's now been playing for with the Giants. Uh, but I, I think that the the Patriots have so much depth at that position and that Williams, you know, 
he doesn't really have a role. There's just too many good players in that secondary for the Patriots to hold on to him for another year uh, just to see if something happens. And I think, honestly, it's best for both sides. Maybe the Patriots can recuperate a late-round draft pick in exchange for him because it's not like he doesn't have potential. It's just that there's just no time for him to develop here. No, there isn't. And the one area where he might have possibly snuck onto the roster is special teams value. But you've got other players who also have special teams value who are having a much better camp than him, including actually Christian Wilkerson, the receiver who's still the, the camp darling. It happens every year. And we'll talk about it a little more once we get into our, our breakdown. But, um, you know, he's, he's improved playing the kicking game. He's doing kick returner. He's, he's downing punts in, inside the 10-yard the line. He seems like a good gunner. Uh, great guy to learn from him, Matthew Slater. And so, yeah, I think that Joe John Williams is just yet another second-round cornerback who will flame that from the Patriots, but that's okay. Uh, another guy's having a great camp, Rich, is uh, I know a guy you were high on a while back. He he bounced around a little bit, but uh, your boy Harvey Lange is back oh, in the yeah. mix. Um, uh, I know you, you liked him before. I know he was with the Dolphins last he's season. With the season Jets. Before. The Jets. I know he's one of those AFC's jerks, but uh, <laughs> but he's back and he's doing well. So I'm just like to see what he at the table in a, a very crowded linebacker group. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think for him, what his best uh, you know chance to make the team is is that he was a core specials teamer uh, previously, and the Patriots are in great need of that special teams linebacker role and I think he can fill that you know you're, you're not going to put a high tower Van Noy on special teams Bentley is not a special teams guy uh, and, and Lange gives you that sort of size out there uh, that they need in there and so I, I think he has a direct path to the roster spot and the fact that he's able to play special teams uh, gives him that chance to be on the roster show what he can do continue to develop in camp because yes he has a lot of potential on defense i know that he's definitely on the older side but i think he is the perfect fit for what the patriots like out of their players he has the prototypical patriot size i think he does exactly what kyle van noy can do um and so i i think that he can continue to grow and to develop uh even in this later stage of his career because he has that special teams ability and so i, I mean i'm not going to call him a roster lock but i think that he has a very strong chance of making the roster, especially because Raekwon McMillan is going to be on the injured reserve. I know they play different linebacker roles, but uh, that gives uh, Lange a more direct path to the team. It does indeed, and again, it really is to bad about McMillan. Uh, besides being an awesome name, he was having a great camp. Hopefully he can come back strong. Uh, it's very hard when you tear your, multiple, tear your ACL multiple times, which yep. he has. And you mentioned about uh, Dalton Keene. It just When you're on injured reserve all the time, it just doesn't really usually bode well for you, but them's the breaks that's the sport and uh good for harvey Lange, and also good for us rich in going this long without mentioning the quarterback position oh yeah which is what everyone does in these preseason breakdowns let's finish off with that before we get to the washington game cam jones cam jones may as well be cam jones <laughs> that'd be a great quarterback it would be i mean cam is mac backwards so it kind of makes sense mac jones cam newton belichick said newton's our starter there are still those who believe he is not the starter Jones is having a very good camp. It seems that they're almost like in a in a yin-yang situation where Newton struggles, Jones does well. When Jones struggles, Newton does well. Cam Newton did not practice on Tuesday at all, I don't think. Uh, leading to believe he won't be making a start at all uh, on tomorrow's game, and Jones will get some reps at least. The Hoyer took most of the snaps yesterday. Uh, I personally still think Cam Newton's the starter. Nothing I've seen or heard leading to believe otherwise. Do you agree, Rich? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think that uh, until Newton seriously struggles or – I mean, honestly, I think that's it. Like, I, I think the way that Belichick will approach this year is that 
if Cam continues to be an average plus starter, there's no need to rush Jones onto the field. Like, I, I think that's how Belichick has handled it in the past. Like, even if Jones is like playing better in practice, maybe that's the transition for next year. But I don't think that Belichick, who knows how important team chemistry is, who knows how much all of the players love Cam Newton, will bench Newton for a rookie unless there is a direct situation where you know Newton just can't be doing it. And so therefore it makes sense to transition to Jones uh, until next year when then it's like, I think they need to have defined roles of, okay, Jones, this is your year as the starter. And then Brian Hoyer is going to be your backup or something like that. And, you know, and they have to have that very explicit thing. And I, I think that what we'll get the opportunity to see is Mac Jones having, you know, the bulk of time to play to, uh, against Washington. Uh, if Newton doesn't play, or even if he were available, I wouldn't expect him to be out there for that long. Uh, I would expect the next game to be where Newton gets the bulk of his time. So I, I, I imagine that Jones will have, most of the time, just as a rookie, to show what he can do. I don't think there's a lot of value in having Brian Hoyer out there. Uh, but, you know, maybe just in standard preseason fashion, Jones will get the first half, Hoyer will get the second. But we know who Hoyer is. Jones needs as many reps as possible to show what he's capable of. And I, I, I think that, uh, you know, it'll be one of the first times that we'll get some live football uh, for a lot of these wide receivers on the Patriots roster to show who they are this year with a full se- uh, off season with the team i'll tell you rich it would be one of the most bill belichick things ever to just give hoyer to start the entire game every single snap that'd be such a belichick thing to do <laughs> it would be. Uh, i, I think hate that game, so much it, i mean yeah i mean i think one of the reasons the nfl network is choosing to air the patriots washington game live national i don't know if it's nationally broadcast but i think it is is because cam jones mac newton is one of the off-season storylines around the league and just put Brian Hoyer out there the entire time. That's such a Belichick move. However, uh, it's a good transition into one of the things I personally couldn't care less about, and that is which quarterback starts tomorrow. Uh, It doesn't matter to me if it's Cam Newton for a a couple snaps, if if Jones gets a couple snaps, the amount of time each quarterback gets, I'm putting zero weight in that personally in terms of how it's going to translate into the regular season. Uh, What I really do want to see is if Jones does get out there, I don't even care if he completes a bunch of passes. I want to see the decision-making that he has. I think the Washington football team is a great warm-up tune-up game for this week, one of the preseason. There's not like any monsters on that team. They're still doing their thing. They're feeling themselves out. And so I think if Mac Jones does get some reps, I'm curious to see, A, uh, who his primary target will be. We'll talk about that maybe in a minute. And B, more importantly, like what kind of decisions is he making? Is he making his reads properly? Is he trying to scramble too much? Uh, the game pace is picking up a little bit. Is he commanding the offense in a way that makes sense to him and makes sense to me? Uh, you know, I'm not worried about his numbers at all, but I am worried about kind of how he conducts himself under center. And hopefully it won't be all Brian Horner. We get at least some glimpse into, into what that will be. Oh, I totally agree. And, I mean, like, I, I think uh... – Typical Bill Belichick fashion. You remember when the Colts were just really bad and the people were just like, what can your team know from like beating this really bad Colts team? And then, you know, his typical response was like, you tell me you can't learn something from going up against Robert Mathis or Dwight Freeney. You tell me you can't go learn something when you're throwing against Bob Sanders at that point. I don't know if he was still in the league. Um, But he went through and like listed all these quality players that are still there. I don't think this Washington defense is like great uh, as like a whole. But there is a lot of talent here, and I think especially on that defensive line. Uh, Chase Young, phenomenal pass rusher. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, good interior guys. Same with Matt Ioannidis. Uh, and so you have enough 
like talent on that defensive front that the Patriots' offensive line will get some good reps in. And as a result, if there is a strong Washington pass rush, we will get opportunities to see how Mac Jones will perform under pressure. And I think that this is really important for his development. Really important for him to have that, like, welcome to the NFL kind of speed. Because, uh, you know, if, if he isn't the starter, like, come the regular season, this will be his best opportunity to show what he can do. Uh, and this is a very good defensive front where he will have plenty of opportunities to show what he can do against that type of a pass rush and that type of pressure. For sure, especially because, I mean, I'd be absolutely amazed if David Andrews started tomorrow. I just can't see it happening. And so it's probably going to be James France. Uh, I don't even know. Ted Karras, maybe? Maybe, maybe Ted Karras. Uh, you know, so obviously the, the quarterback center chemistry is one of the most important connections in NFL history. And so I don't know what's going to happen there. The offensive line is not going to be their their final unit. So I think Mac Jones or Cam Newton or whoever will have some opportunities to, to scramble a little bit, which is a great uh, way to transition into the tight end position because that is a quarterback's best friend. They need some extra blockers or an outlet receiver. Hunter Henry's not going to play. We already know. So are you looking for anything particular out of the tight end group without Henry? Is, is Smith going to be your guy? You're looking down the depth chart a little bit. Maybe Devin Asiasi can make some standouts. Uh, what are you hoping to get the tight ends tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Johnny Smith will have his first real time in the uniform. I would like to see some positive plays out of him, uh, but I'm also expecting that sort of positive production. What I want to see is kind of down that depth chart, where are people? Um, like uh, Troy Fumagalli, like he's been turning some heads in camp, but like Matt Lacoste is your like solid, if he's your number three guy, you're in pretty good hands. I want to see who is showing the most potential. And I think Asiasi is coming off of the COVID list. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not expecting him to be full speed or even at, like getting those starting opportunities. So I, I think he has to work his way back onto the field. And so what I want to see is, are these players better than Matt Lacoste? That is kind of my threshold here. <laughs> so I think Lacoste is going to be like your very solid depth option and if someone is showing up above him, then I think that's showing great potential for both that player as well as the depth at this position. I'll tell you, May, the question, are you better than Matt Lacoste, never be something you have to worry about again because that's not a good place to be, the tight end room. But <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. I mean, that's not a knock on Matt Lacoste, but he kind of is what he is, and you don't want him to be your kind of most reliable tight end. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, again, I think tight end probably behind quarterback has been the most interesting storyline this season offseason and we're not going to see much of it with henry out and uh it being being week one i'm personally just curious as a more kind of big picture thing i'm curious to see how the kind of one roster cut and then three preseason games kind of tweaks the tried and true method of week one's pretty useless week two the starters see a little bit more time week three the starters play the first half maybe one drive into the second half and then week four is the backups battling for for any kind of roster spot around the league or elsewhere uh, I'm very curious to see whether they maybe transition a little bit more importance to this game. And next week's the big one. I'm very curious to see how that goes. But uh, I do think that this is going to be, like I said earlier, one of those situations where every single rep you get in this game, if you're not one of those absolute roster locks, really matters. Which means, Rich, it's time for that one guy who stands out every single August and we all tell <laughs> ourselves not to fall in love with because this happens to us every year, but we fall in love with him anyway. And he usually ends up flaming out and doing nothing and breaking our hearts is going to get his big moment to start today. Um, <laughs> so who do you think that's going to be for you 
the August Darling maybe having a good camp and is going to have a good game tomorrow, and then we'll never hear from him again. Who's your guy? Uh, my pick is one J.J. Taylor. Uh, I think that we've seen other running backs have success with the Patriots in the past. We've seen it with D.J. Foster. Uh, Ralph Webb was a couple years ago. They, they have uh, some players that stand out at that spot because you get the opportunities. You look at the final stat line, you're like, oh, wow, they got like 120 yards like twice in the preseason. That's pretty good. Uh, and then you, with D.J. Foster in particular, you know, he was like, oh, he's like a threat to get 50 yards running and 50 yards catching each time. And he was dominating. And I, I think what we see with J.J. Taylor is a similar sort of thing where you have like uh, a player who can both catch and run the ball. He has that like absolutely typical Patriots running back size at that spot. You know, he's like that Deion Lewis-esque size. But maybe he doesn't have that Deion Lewis shake, but he's someone that like can consistently move the chains a little bit. Uh, and he's someone that I think will turn heads. Coaches love him. They think he has a lot of potential that he will get the opportunities. But when you look at the Patriots depth chart at the position, I don't see Taylor beating out uh, Damian Harris or Sony Michelle at the core runners. I don't see him beating out James White as the receiver. You have uh, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, who is a top draft pick, so he's not going to be on the bubble. And so Taylor has a very, very uphill climb to make, but I think he will make the most of his opportunities. I just don't see him having real chances to show what he can do during the regular season with the Patriots. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Again, I think J.J. Taylor is a good comparison to, like, Ralph Webb, too, who went in last year and just kind of lit it up a little bit. I think he bounced around the, uh, the NFL for, like, the Niners picked him up at one point, and he was kind of around. But, um, yeah, I, I always like these as a as an undersized, skinny guy who doesn't look athletic at all. I appreciate guys who can look like me and still make it in the NFL. So uh, <laughs> good for J.J. Taylor. Uh, I think the easy answer for my pick for offseason darling is already, is already up there. It's Christian Wilkerson. I'm not going to dwell on him too long. He's having a great camp. He's one of those guys, special teams value. He's had some pretty spectacular catches along the sidelines, and he's, he's already endearing himself into the, the hearts of Patriots Nation. I think all eyes will already be on him to be the guy. And I really don't think uh, any of the kind of big receivers will, will – get that much time but in that respect i don't know if it's really going to be an off-season darling but i am very psyched to see Nikhil harry tomorrow oh, yeah night, honestly um he's had a great camp this is probably the best camp he's had and if he can continue that in the game situation as as kind of fake as it may be uh maybe that bodes well and maybe this will be a situation where he's finally putting it all together he's got his nutrition right and his head's in the right place and all that good stuff uh so uh, Nikhil Harry and Wilkerson maybe those are your your two kind of receiver standouts and um it should be fun to watch and one thing I'm actually I'm glad you mentioned Ramondre Stevenson Rich I feel like he might be getting the bulk of the carries uh tomorrow with Harris and Michelle as locks Holden hit a special teamer and then James White being what he is we all know James White I think there's a great opportunity for Ramondre Stevenson to get a bulk of the carries be that kind of workhorse back use that 230 pound frame to, to bruise some guys and, and make some highlight reels for the preseason maybe catch you passes out of the backfield so again he's not an offseason darling because he's locked with the roster to draft status but uh i'm psyched to see what he can do tomorrow too 
Oh, I, I totally agree. I, I think that he has a lot to offer. I mean, clearly the Patriots liked him enough to draft him. I think he has a very well-rounded skill set, and I, I think that he's a very direct replacement for uh, Rex Burkhead with regards to what he's capable of doing on the field. So I'm excited to see what they do there. Um, I do want to go back to what you mentioned with Nikhil Harry. I mean, this is not just his best off season, but it's like his first real full one. You know, he was dealing with injuries yeah. as a rookie. There wasn't one because of COVID last year. This is his first real time getting like a full off season with new England. And so, yeah, he's been the best wide receiver for the Patriots. I know he demanded a trade earlier. Maybe the Patriots will give him a showcase opportunity before trading him, or maybe he sticks around. Maybe they'll be like, Hey, you know what? We, we resolved our differences and we think that you really can have a chance to stand out here. Um, but it, you know, I think that based off of the rest of the roster, Kendrick Bourne has been standing out. Uh, Nelson Aguilar has been kind of leaving camp a little bit early. I don't know if he's dealing with something, uh, but he's been, you know, what we expected with Nelson Aguilar, flashes of just super great production with a couple head-scratching drops. Uh, and, and then you have Jacoby Myers, who's very reliable. If Harry is able to continue to translate... Uh, or, you know, continue to develop and translate what he's been doing this offseason into regular season production. This position has just become very, very strong for New England. I think Myers is a true number one for the Patriots in the Julian Edelman sense. I, I, I think that maybe he doesn't, he's not the same player as Edelman, but I think he gives the Patriots a lot of flexibility and he can be that thousand yard receiver. I, I think that if Harry is as good and is as, you know, if he's better than Aguilar, who is like, you know, a near thousand yard receiver in his own right. If Harry can be that type of guy, then the Patriots will have just so many players that uh, Josh McDaniels will have a lot of fun figuring out what they can do. Uh, and, and I think that just really bodes well for the rest of the offense. It does. And we have not even talked about the defense yet, Rich, and all the linebackers are making their start. I'm, I'm psyched to see what they do with that one. Uh, like Judon's going to get his first start. I'm sure he'll see some reps. We get Hightower back in, get him some reps after his season off. You got that, that, that cornerback position, a lot of flux there. Uh, again, I know it's it's irrational to be this excited about uh, an August football game, but I am. I'm real excited to see this. I'm I'm looking forward to it very much. And uh, if you want, we've done it every preseason in the past, and we've never paid attention to it. But we may as well keep tradition alive, Rich Hill. Uh, I'm looking over over the last few games we predicted last year. We were we were not good at predicting games <laughs> last year, Rich. But no, it's okay. I'm gonna give us both a pass. Uh, based on the check marks, uh, it looks like. You predicted slightly more than I did. I think it's like, I think, I think you won. Yeah, you won uh, nine to nine to seven um, with the preseason game, with the the game. So I guess I will give you the first pick if you care if you care at all to predict this game as the week one of the preseason gets underway. Patriots at Washington or Washington at Page. I don't even know where it's going to play. I don't even care. What do you got? <laughs> well, okay. So my understanding is that Washington is technically a two-point favorite in this game. So I'm going to pound the table hard. I'm 100% serious about that one, which is just terrible. Um, I'm going to pound the table for the underdog Patriots. I think that the Patriots are going to come out. Uh, you know, this is chip on their shoulder coming off of a tough year. Preseason is going to be the time for them to right all of their wrongs. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think that we're going to get to see some Mac Jones. And I, I think that Mac Jones will turn heads. I mean, he was the best quarterback in college football last year. He's had the most successful college season in college football history. Uh, so I, I think he will turn heads. I think that uh, 
what will be shocking for Patriots fans is the difference in talent on offense this year compared to last year uh, because of how bad and shallow it was last year that it's going to be shocking to see multiple players able to make plays. Uh, and as a result, I think that you'll see some pretty solid distribution from Mac Jones. Maybe even Brian Hoyer can have some good drives. Uh, but I, I think that the Patriots are going to come out, make people like, breathe a sigh of relief that it's not 2020 anymore. Uh, and, and I can see the Patriots winning this one along the lines of like 34 to 21. Wow. High scoring game. Oh yeah. 34, 34, 21 Patriots. The fact that there are people who actually made odds and has a betting spread on a preseason game should surprise <laughs> me, but it doesn't. Um, Americans will bet on tiddlywinks if they give them a good enough odds. So if you're, if you're gambling on the preseason, more power to you and best of luck. As for me, um, I feel like this kind of situation where the Patriots will be up maybe like 13 to 6, something like that at halftime. Looks good, not great. A couple of sloppy throws to be expected. Some iron being rusted off and or the, you know, giving the kinks off and all that stuff. But uh, the Washington football team comes back in the second half with a strong backup showing and takes this one like 23 to 16. Uh, off of a, a maybe a special teams touchdown or a, a pick six when Brian Hoyer, who's very good at throwing pick sixes, uh, ends up kind of blowing it for him. So I think Washington uh, covers the spread and uh, makes people a lot of money to a 23 to 16 victory. How dare you? You're nothing but a hater. Yeah. You're, you're, you <laughs> will be eating your words next week after this very serious preseason game. Uh, Alec, open. Alec, one last question before we sign off. Who is going to be your MVP of the Patriots against Washington? Ooh, of the MVP of the Patriots against Washington, I am going to go with uh, Gunnar Olszewski or whoever ends up returning the punts. I think it's going to be a punt return touch, a, a punt return, a big punt return, and a good special teams day for the Patriots. So it's Gunnar as far as I know, but they might give other guys reps. So I will just insert punt returner into my MVP. <laughs> love it. Love it. I'm going to go with Carl Davis on the defensive line. I think he's been getting some good opportunities up front. I've always loved him coming out of college. I think he has the ideal frame for a defensive lineman. He just hasn't had the right situation and the right opportunity. I think Davis is going to be the best defensive front player for the Patriots against Washington. Will turn a lot of heads uh, and I think create that disruption that will give the Patriots the opportunity to win this very, very serious preseason game. Uh, Alec, that's all I have. We'll have more information on patspulpit.com. Do you have any final thoughts on week one of the 2021 NFL preseason? Rich, I'm already embarrassed how many thoughts I've already had about week one of the preseason, so I will I will just shut up. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. See you, buddy. Later, man.